Welcome to the Teamwork Advantage Podcast with Greg Gregory. Join us as Greg interviews powerful thought leaders and successful team and leadership experts from across the country on teamwork, leadership, and organizational culture. Now let's check in for this week's episode. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the Teamwork Advantage. We're excited to have you with us today. My name is Greg Gregory, and the Teamwork Advantage is all about helping you become a better team player, helping you focus on becoming stronger, better, and being a leader within your team. Today, we're fortunate enough to have with us Kelsey McSherry. Now, I know Kelsey because she's also my personal physical therapist, and we began talking several weeks ago about the importance of health and with a lot of folks working from home, how important that can be. So a little bit about Kelsey is she is a physical therapist. She has her doctorate of physical therapy. She's also a certified athletic trainer, which is absolutely powerful when you start combining those two. She got her bachelor's of science um, degree from the University of Maryland in kinesiology, went on to continue her education at Shenandoah University, where she received a master's degree in athletic training and her doctorate of physical therapy. She currently works for the MedStar Physical Therapy Group in Alney, Maryland, as a physical therapist training and treating patients of all ages and variety of orthopedic conditions. She does have a spare time in her life, and she loves to go outside and play with her kids and occasionally have a little fun outside with her husband working in the yard. So, Kelsey, welcome to the Teamwork Advantage. Thanks, Greg. I'm excited to have you join us here because over the last few months, we've been talking a lot about my knees and back and how things are and posture and the importance of that. And I've known that obviously it comes from doing exercises. We're not as young as we used to be. I, I can remember when I was a kid, I used to be able to just to pop up and down on the floor all the time. I was a baseball catcher doing all those things. And the thought of that today, just the thought of that is excruciating. So when I come back to it, I started thinking, how is this affecting people today? And in the midst of COVID-19, but in the midst of just working in offices in general, what are you noticing some of the challenges today with everybody? Well, I would say that COVID-19 has kind of really highlighted a lot of the issues we see in the general population with posture. Uh, a lot, if not all of the patients that I see do need some cueing in terms of posture, especially with seated desk work. Mm -hmm. um, and so I would say as because said, everyone, yeah, like as that. we all sit up nice and tall, right? I would say that because people are working from home at probably not ideal desk setups, they're having a lot more pain in general. And this can be neck pain, it can be back pain, it can it run the whole body based off of posture. So it's a very powerful and important thing for us to address. Right. And I can remember my wife always um, working with our niece and nephews. If they weren't walking straight or sitting up straight, she would take her knuckle and run right down the spine of them to make sure they set up a little bit straighter and everything. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the, those kids are now in their 30s, and they still remember that. So posture is critical. We, we hear it. We know it. What's the problem? What, why do we all of a sudden start sitting like this? Right. So, you know, the kind of the spiel that I give most of my patients is we live our lives in front of us. Everything we do is in front. So as a result, we tend to get this forward head, rounded shoulders posture. And in school, they teach us something that they call Yonda's upper cross syndrome. But it's okay, basically say, say that again. It's called Yonda's Yonda. I don't know who Yonda was. Yonda's upper cross syndrome. So it's the idea that you think of your upper body as an X. 
you get tightness in the front of the chest, tightness in the back of the head, in those muscles. So your pecs as well as your suboccipital musculature. Oh, no, wait, wait. Mm -hmm. let, let's change that word a little bit to blah, 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 blah. What? Suboccipital sub musculature, meaning the muscles that are right at the base of the skull. Okay. And then you get weakness in the muscles deep in the neck that help to support your neck, as well as weakness in the muscles that go along the inside of the shoulder blade near the spine, near the okay. upper back. All right. So those things all happen to, to make you have kind of this forward head, terrible mm -hmm. posture, right? So when we think about treating this or reversing this, we quite simply need to reverse that. We need to stretch out or lengthen those muscles that have gotten tight to the front of the chest and the back of the head and strengthen the muscles deep in the neck and between the shoulder blades to get you back into this good upright position that you can hold yourself in and carry yourself in throughout the day. So that it also starts to, if I understand you right, so that you begin to feel more natural in that position. Correct. It becomes second nature, whereas you don't have to constantly be thinking about pulling yourself up and back. Although I do often tell my patients, you need to set an alarm on your phone to cue you. And when the, that alarm goes off, stop what you're doing and look at where you are. And if you have bad posture, think about pulling yourself back up into that correct position. That's a great idea using um, technology in our phones today to give us just a little reminder. Mm -hmm. How Absolutely. often would you say we should set that reminder for? Um, you know, I, I tailor it based on the patient, but most of the time I say every 30 minutes, set an alarm on the phone. Okay. And then you can also concurrently use that when that alarm goes off, stop, check your posture, but then also get up and move. Because if we sit too long, that's when we start to have problems. Yes. There's a term that I recently learned called stagnant hypoxia from sitting too long. And it, 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 explain a little bit of that. I understand it cuts off the blood flow and either to the heart, to the brain. I'm not sure how that all works. Yeah, and it, it's, it can basically change the distribution or the delivery of oxygen to your tissues. So the tissues aren't mm -hmm. getting the nutrients that they need to function. So it's not just the heart and brain, it's the whole tissue system without your whole body, within Correct. your whole body. Correct. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's powerful because I've started to realize that once I learned that, I've been getting up at least once an hour to, even if I do five jumping jacks or something at the desk, right. just to push the flow of oxygen a little bit more. Right. And I think I've been finding with my patients that when they're in the office working under non-COVID conditions, they tend to get up more and move because there's people they need to go talk to. They want to go get a coffee. They need to go to the bathroom. But when they're at home, they tend to sit and not move and not get up. And I think that's also kind of pushing toward this increase in, in neck pain and back pain that I've been seeing since COVID began. Mm -hmm. And that, that's fascinating because I've had, had the privilege to work from home for now for well over 25 years. Mm -hmm. And I originally started off literally with basically a little makeshift desk. And then I built a desk. Now I knew how high a desk should be, but my first desk was actually a piece of plywood and it was set up on uh, cinder blocks and bricks to get to right at 30 inches in height. Right. So that I had that. And then I built an undercarriage for my computer keyboard to come out. Right. So tell us a little bit how a desk should be set up for you to work optimally. And then if you don't have those optimum conditions, what are some um, alternatives we might do? Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's many things out there. Um, one of the biggest things that I like to recommend to people is they make a product that is essentially a giant tray that goes on your desk and it has a button that lifts it up and lifts it down. 
is a sit to stand desk. So okay. you can put everything on that tray and the entire thing will physically go up and physically go down. Because if you're seated at your desk right now as you are, and then you go and stand up, your computer screen is not at a good level for your eyes and you're gonna end up with that posture we were discussing. Like this. So, exactly. So we want to have the top of the screen level with your eyes so that you're looking directly at it. Now, in today's world, most people are working on laptops. A lot of our patients are working on laptops that are issued by their company. Let me ask you this. Is it, do you notice that being more people on laptops, um, generational differences, or is it across the board? Um, I would say the workforce. Um, I see yeah. them more on laptops issued with their companies. Because, I mean, you know, for instance, any government contractor, a lot of times they have a laptop issued to them right. okay. versus, yes, people who are not in the workforce, many will have a desktop. But I mean, my husband and I, we, we don't work in a, in a, a desk, you know, a, an office environment, but we have all laptops at our house. So, right. you know, I, I think it, it varies across the population, but in general, I'm seeing much more laptop use versus desktop use, which okay. complicates yeah. things. It significantly because with a laptop in order to get the top of the screen at the eye level as we were discussing you're here exactly yeah, hands come up. <laughs> so, so for, those, for those who are not watching this on video uh what happens is your hands have to come up and you end up with almost a um a frankenstein type of a uh, situation correct so i recommend to my patients to buy a keyboard with a usb component that they can plug into their laptop so that they can put it kind of underneath an elevated laptop and now you can type in the correct arm position because in the correct arm position seated at the desk you want your arms relaxed comfortably at your side you want a bent in your elbow of just a little bit more than 90 degrees not too much okay so coming down from your shoulder mm -hmm. down to your elbow not quite 90 degrees like 80 degrees or so uh no actually a little bit more than 90, than 90 a little bit more than 90 so your hands actually more. go down a little bit correct Okay. All right. That makes sense. I'm, as you're saying this, I'm sitting here at my desk looking at my keyboard going, mm -hmm. yeah, that's pretty much where it needs to be. I'll bring this out and bring it up just a little bit. So I got right. it set. Okay. And those, those trays for the keyboard are great if you are working at a desktop situation, because oftentimes you can elevate those, those trays. Because yeah. we're not one size fits all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So how about your chair? I mean, if you are sitting, mm -hmm. um, you know, dining room chairs are not exactly designed to be sat at no. for hours. No, they're not. And I sit here actually at a bar height chair, which is awful <laughs> because you want your feet to be in contact with the ground. And again, as I mentioned before, many of us are not one size fits all. And a lot of my shorter patients, their feet can't touch the ground. So getting a step stool to bring the ground up to you is very important. Okay. Um, you know, we, we talked about the, the 90 degree bend in the elbow. Similarly, at your hips, you want just a little bit more than a 90 degree angle. So instead of making an L, making a little bit, you know, smaller of an mm -hmm. L shape. Yeah. Um, and your knees, you want the knees to be just kind of at that, that comfortable position, but you don't want the chair up against the back of the knee. So again, your short so patient. This, this is what's called seat depth. Correct. So if Correct. anybody's ever gone out to the furniture store to buy a sofa, when they sit on that, all of a sudden they don't understand why it's not comfortable. It's because the, the seat depth is probably off. Right. Right. Okay. And then, you know, so just if the, other... if the chair of the seat depth is off, in other words, if it's too much, 
if I'm thinking correctly, you can put some kind of a pillow or something behind your back to try and edge you forward. Is that, is that a Correct. good fix? And I, I recommend to many of my patients lumbar supports, not only for your desk chair, but also for your car. Because again, these, and you and I have had this discussion, these oh, yeah. car seats and these desk seats, the lumbar support that's built into them is great. But again, we're not, not all one size fits all. So we can't, it's not going to hit everyone at the exact right spot. So yeah. I often recommend those lumbar support pillows. And, you know, before people go out and buy one, oftentimes I say, take up a towel, roll it up and put it behind your back and see how it feels kind of in that position. Okay. Now, when you do the towel, should it be across your back horizontally or Correct. up and down the spine vertically? Horizontally. Horizontally. Okay. Okay. I like to make sure we understand where that's coming from because again, one of the things I have learned over the years is that where we feel a pain pinch or situation is not necessarily where it's being generated from. Yes. Can you elaborate on that just a little bit? Yes. So, you know, I, I can't even tell you how many times I've had patients come in with leg pain or arm pain and, you know, we evaluate, we look and we say, it's coming from your neck or it's coming from your back. Mm -hmm. And I start treating the neck and the back and they look at me like I have 10 heads. And it's because the nerves that supply your arms and your legs, they originate obviously from your spine. Mm -hmm. So if there's a problem in the spine area, the nerves will send signals down the path that they travel and you'll feel the pain in a place where there really isn't a problem. It's actually more toward the center of the body. Okay. And, and that's so powerful because that's what happened. I was going in with knee pain mm -hmm. and it was manifested from one thing to another and it ends up being lower back and doing the stretches. So I want to get into the stretches, but before we get to the stretching part of it, you mentioned earlier about being able to get up and actually move. Yeah. I think you and I've talked to you say about every 30 minutes to get yes. up. Uh, I try to do about every 45 or 50 at the most. But talk to us a little bit about what should we do and how long should we get up for? You know, even just a short break walking around your house for five minutes or just getting up, fixing yourself a glass of water, walk out to the mailbox, something like that to take a nice break is good. Um, my program manager has often said, well, he used to teach in the United States Air Force. And one of the things he would always say is at 50 minute mark, he would make everybody get up and do um, 30, 40 seconds of jumping jacks or yeah. toe touches, something just to get the blood flowing. And is that the primary purpose here? Yes. And also, again, that reminder of posture so that you don't get stuck in this, in this terrible position that we were just discussing so that mm -hmm. you kind of do a, a reset of okay. your body and just kind of get every, get the, the wiggles okay. out as I tell my four-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely works. All right, so we've talked about the laptop posture and changes in that in the situation. Um, the, I think the desk that you mentioned earlier is, I think there's one out there called a Veridesk, where Possibly. you can put it on top and it literally raises up and down. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of push today for uh, standing desks. Yes. Um, those are things that we've got to, unfortunately, cost money, and some people may not have the money mm -hmm. or their companies will not necessarily pay for it. Uh, I'm amazed when I go into organizations to do training programs and I look and I see so many people using their keyboard up on their desk and they're leaning way in like this, trying to, uh -huh. I was like, that is just not good for you, but the companies aren't doing things. So what can we do individually to help ourselves, whether it's at home or whatever, without buying and expending a lot of money? Right. So 
lifting up the surface, putting something under the surface. A lot of times I tell people phone books, if you still have them, work great. <laughs> I actually right now have my laptop on a uh, Pyrex Tupperware container that's like this. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so anything you can find really that elevates it so that you have that correct eye angle. That correct eye vision like this and right. your hands are in the right position that way. Right. And they do, you know, those large, those large sit-stand desks we were discussing, those are great, but they do make cheaper versions of that for a laptop to just elevate the laptop some um, as well. But again, then looking at getting the external either mouse and keyboard so that you are not doing what you were just demonstrating where yeah. you have those arms forward. I don't know how many people do this, but I've noticed over the last oh, 10, 12 years, the changes in hotel rooms when I travel, um, they've gotten a little bit more with the desks mm -hmm. in some brands and some have actually pulled the desks away almost altogether, trying to create an environment where people go down to the lobbies to try and do some work. So create an environment that way. But I've still talked to a lot of friends who will check, you know, they'll be working all day. They go back to the hotel room. They'll prop three or four pillows up behind their back. They'll sit back on the bed and the TV's over here and their laptops here. That's not good. No, it's not. We all do it, but no, it's not. <laughs> so, if we're going to sit in bed, mm -hmm. okay, and try to recline and relax, is there any tips you could give us for that? The biggest tip would be not to do it. <laughs> um, I, one of the things we teach in physical therapy, and this is a whole nother discussion, is something we call sleep hygiene. And one of the things we try to explain to people is your bed is for sleeping. And you need to condition your body and your brain to understand that so that when you get in bed, everything else gets turned off. You're not thinking about the work environment. You're not, you're not basically, your brain isn't associating work with the bed. Um, you know, if you're going to do it, kind of like you said, propping yourself up using pillows is about the best you're going to be able to do. But we try very hard to um, ask people not to do that. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some exercises right now. Let's imagine that we're working here and we're doing this. I'm being pretty good. Uh, about getting up and doing my exercises. Of course, I have to say that my physical therapist is here. Um, but I also get up and I go for a mile walk usually every morning and between one and two miles every evening with the dog. I just have to get out. It clears my head. It does a lot of things. Mm -hmm. But what about some stretches for the upper back or stretches for the lower back or the legs? Can you give us a few there? Absolutely. Um, and, you know, it's going to be a little more challenging for the people who don't have the video component, but I'll do my best to kind of explain <laughs> what yeah. I'm saying. Um, but one of the biggest things is quite simply just pulling the shoulder blades together and kind of almost sticking your chest out and pulling your shoulder blades together. So that's going to stretch out the front of your chest, but also address that weakness we talked about along the shoulder blades. Okay. So that is one. Of, and you can do that sitting. You know? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm um, now just literally pulling my arms, almost like you're going downhill on a ski slope, mm -hmm. pulling yourself exactly. back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then okay. also kind of the same idea, taking your shoulder and rolling them backwards, kind of lifting up and okay. rolling backwards. Okay. And that, again, is encouraging good posture. Yeah. Um, when I do that, sometimes I hear a little gravelly sound. That's, I shouldn't get concerned about that, no, right? Not at all. That's normal. Yes. Okay. As long as we tell people, you know, we hear all these noises, as long as they are not painful noises, it's okay. Okay. Yep. Yep. All right. Um, the other one we love is called no money, which is a, it's an interesting name for it. And I think you and I have done this exercise and that's quite simply holding your arms at kind of a 90 degree angle at your side with your palms up. 
And then you're going to kind of rotate your arms out and pinch your shoulder blades together in the back. And that's called okay. no money. And again, I mean, you can kind of see the theme here. We're stretching out the front. We're pulling the shoulder blades together to strengthen the back muscles. Mm -hmm. What about in the neck area? Um, I know some people sit there and they're just constantly going like this and that, mm -hmm. that in turn causes headaches. Right. So Absolutely. are there a couple of simple neck exercises you can do? Yes. So um, in terms of stretching, your, your upper trapezius muscle is the muscle right on the tip of your shoulders that mm -hmm. most of us carry a lot of stress in that muscle. We have a lot of muscle tension and tightness in that muscle. It's a very strong muscle. It tends to do a lot of work for us. So to stretch that out, you would bring your ear to your shoulder and then you'll feel a stretch on the right. other side. Okay, and that will stretch that out. And when we think about stretching, we think about holding something for a period of time. Typically about 30 seconds is what we recommend okay. or more. Okay, mm -hmm. good. So now let's, let's go down to the lower back. Mm -hmm. um, the first couple of things we talked about upper back, we can do while sitting at a chair. We can do it while we're on a conference call. You know, I mean, I can sit here and do this while on a Zoom, Zoom meeting call. Absolutely. Okay, Absolutely. I mean, it may look a little funny, but, you know, we can do it. So what can we do, though? It's a little harder to do things for the lower back. Yes, yes, it is. Now, um, and, standing and all, desk, it's easier. That's true. That's very true. Yes. Um, a lot of the stretches we focus on with the lower back, I, I do a lot of kind of, as you've seen, yoga type of stretches. So, mm -hmm. like a cat camel kind of exercise or a cat cow, depending on what, you know, yoga what animal you like. Right, exactly. Um, which is basically just working on doing different curvatures of the spine. And you can find that a video of that on uh, YouTube or something like that. Okay. On how so just go, we can just go to YouTube and search uh, cat cow. Cat cow, yeah. Yep. Uh, cat cow stretch. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So we right. like that stretch a lot. Um, some people are not comfortable getting on their hands and knees, which is what that would require. So you can also, you know, like laying in your bed on your back and pull your knee up to your chest. Mm -hmm. and give yourself a stretch and that's a good stretch too okay now just from personal history i know that the old the old adage uh, dem bones if you will but let's take it to dem muscles they're all the same way so when i stretch my uh, hamstring muscle and my right leg and begin to really work that that pulls back up into uh up into my glutes into my piriformis and then into my back eventually so talk about how we should work that um, in terms of stretching the hamstring or? Well, stretching the hamstring first, because if we stretch that, then it'll start to work up the body. Am I correct in that thought? Yeah. Oh, yes. Everything's connected. The hip bone's connected to the, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Yes. Um, in, in pull, stretching the hamstrings is important and it's a very tight muscle on everyone. So, you know, lying on your back and pulling your leg up to stretch the, stretch the hamstring. And then but that keeping, turn. Keeping your leg locked at that point. Keeping, your knee, keeping the okay. leg straight and only pulling as far as you can with keeping that leg straight. And then hold the stretch for about 20 to 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. About 30 seconds. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. What about, uh, say, lower leg muscles, calves, people with restless leg syndrome, things like mm -hmm. that? Because we've got so much stress trying to do everything. We've got people today, and I know you've gone through this, um, with your husband working, you working, and everybody doing everything. You know, we're so nervous when we go to bed and we're not getting our good sleep hygiene. Mm -hmm. We're just not getting good sleep. And people are waking up with muscle cramps and spasms. What do you recommend yep. for that, especially in the lower leg? Most commonly in the calf is where we most commonly see them. And mm -hmm. there's multiple ways to stretch the calf. The easiest is simply standing on the step and hanging your heels down, letting your heels drop and feeling a stretch in the back of the calves is one of the simplest ways to do it. So if, we, if I understand it, we should be able to do one of these 
every single time we get up and walk up the steps or go somewhere, do it for a minute, two, three, four minutes. Mm-hmm. And then the next time we do, we do something else. So throughout the day, we're do- we don't have to sit down and take 30 to 40 minutes or an hour to do all of these at one time. No. Am I right? No, absolutely. And, and in today's world, most of my patients don't have the time to do that. So I, you know, often recommend here's five exercises, pick two and do them in the morning, do one at lunchtime, pick two and do them in the evening and just kind mm-hmm. of space them out. And uh, that tends to help people be more compliant with their exercise program. Yeah. And one of the things I've been doing because of what you have taught me with that is uh, I work in my basement. So whenever I go upstairs, uh, unless I've got to run up to stop the dog from something, I will literally stop at the steps and I'll do some drop, uh, drop heels to try and stretch the muscle a little bit that way. Mm -hmm. Or I'll do another stretch just somewhere through there. It takes one to two minutes to try and do it. And when we do that, we become a little bit better, uh, better in our own personal health. That's correct. So let me ask you this, from your perspective, as a physical therapist, a certified trainer, if we are better physically, what does that do to our emotional state? Oh, everything. (laughs) Everything. You know, exercise we know releases endorphins and, you know, Mm -hmm. we don't have to go into all of that, but it, it puts you at a better place. And if you take care of yourself and take care of what is going on in your life, it puts you in a better place to be able to focus on the other tasks at hand. Mm-hmm. Um, not only physically, in terms of your body is able to sit and do your work, is able to do these things without developing pain, but also mentally, it clears the head. It gets you able to focus on the task at head, ahead of you. Right, and then when we can do that, then we're more productive. Correct, correct. If because we're more if you... productive... If we're more productive, then so are, and we can be a better player with our teams and be able to do things that way. One of the things I've always said about teamwork is most everybody considers themselves a good team player because if somebody asks for help, most everybody's going to say, I'll help you. Mm -hmm. The biggest problem in teamwork is not that. And I think it's the same thing you see every day in your, uh, in your practice is the biggest problem is asking for help. And whether it's asking for help to go through exercises or understanding something or asking a colleague to help us with something, that's difficult. What we need to understand is that's okay. And by making ourselves do a little exercise, make ourselves a little bit better, it'll open us up to be more realistic and become a better team player and set examples for others. And of course, if we're in a leadership capacity, wow, how much is that going to impact the rest of the team? Absolutely. Uh, I've got a client, they literally twice a year, they do a thing where they have nothing but a fun exercise day for the whole day for the, t- for the office. Mm-hmm. And then they've got exercise routines that go on in the office all day. And these are people who are in offices yep. and they have a little workout room that they can go to right there. I mean, it's not much, but it's a way to get them up and focused. That's right. And even, you know, you hear offices doing step challenges or, or different exercise challenges to motivate people. And mm-hmm. it just kind of changes the culture of the environment and, and the environment of the, of the workplace. And, and if you take care of yourself and you're at less risk of, it, risk of injury, then obviously you're going to be a more productive, better team player. Right. Right. I mean, there's old adage that says, and I shouldn't say adage, it's a great quote from, I think it was Eleanor Roosevelt who said, you cannot brighten your path without brightening that of another. Mm-hmm. And so let's take care of ourselves and make sure that all comes together. Kelsey, is there anything else you want to add before we wrap things up here today? I don't think so. I appreciate you speaking with me today. I, I really do. And MedStar Health has been great uh, to allow you to join us today. I think that's wonderful. 
Uh, they're a phenomenal organization in the uh, Maryland, D.C., Virginia area, I think. Correct. And mm -hmm. um, so if you've got health issues, you've got challenges, seek out, ask your doctor if a physical therapist could help you work through those ideas. Again, I, I just want to make sure we do the disclaimer here. Don't do any of these exercises without consulting your doctors first to make sure it's all healthy. We don't want anybody doing something and having a problem. Absolutely. So please make sure you do that. Um, thanks for joining us on the Teamwork Advantage. We're excited to have you on it. And uh, hopefully have you back again sometime soon when we can talk about other activities. That sounds great. Thanks, Greg. All right, Kelsey, my philosophy, as you know, is do not have a good day. Because when we have a good day, we're only being average. Be sure to make it a great day. Take care, everybody. Bye. Take care. This has been the Teamwork Advantage with Greg Gregory. To learn more about how Greg can help your organization develop a powerful winning culture, visit teamsrock.com. That's T-E-A-M-S-R-O-C-K.com. Be sure to join Greg next week when he interviews another exciting and powerful thought leader on the Teamwork Advantage. Until then, as Greg says, make sure you have a great week because a good week is just being average.